When the Lord brought back the captives of Zion from Babylon, we were like men dreaming. God created Adam and Eve and set them, set humanity, over the whole world to rule, to govern according to his wise and loving designs. But they, we were tricked. You could be like gods. You could live without reference to who you are. You can decide what is right and what's wrong. But God didn't abandon Adam and Eve. He didn't abandon humanity. No, he promised that the son of Eve would conquer the serpent, would conquer evil itself. That promise took on a more definite shape in Abraham, through whose offspring, singular, as St. Paul noted, God would act to set things right in the world. He formed this family into a nation, even though they were enslaved, and delivered them through the Red Sea to the desert so that they could enter a covenantal relationship with him. They could worship him, to which flowed the law, a just way of living so that there could possibly be peace. They obtained the land, built the temple, and God's presence descended. But even with all this, those called to be the renewed humanity, light and the dark world, were plagued by the same darkness. They were plagued by sin as everyone else was. Because of this, they lost everything and were exiled. So when they were delivered from exile, it seemed like God was finally doing what he had always promised to do. But it was, in a sense, a dream. For Caesar reigned over them, and Pilate was their governor. The impostor Herod, who Jews denied as one of their own, sat on the throne of David. And their religious leadership was dysfunctional and corrupt. There was only to be one high priest, and yet two are named. To neither of these men did the word of God come, but to John, a nobody in the desert, a nobody who spoke about forgiveness of sins, about fixing the underlying problem, about being delivered through water by God, who would bring the dream to fulfillment for those who willingly repented, choosing God for their king, not Caesar, not themselves. If you've ever wondered why Catholics seem to speak so often of sin, here it is. Setting things right in the world has to do with addressing the underlying cause. It's hard to have peace when ingratitude, disrespect, hate, etc. is in the air. This week I've been hearing confessions. We've had confessions at high schools. Then I was at Prince of Peace for their elementary and middle school confessions. A lot of confessions. I found myself saying this time and again as the kids came forward, the Prince of Peace. I saw that written on their uniform and I said, oh, you're from Prince of Peace? Yeah, yeah. I said, peace. Peace has something to do with harmony, with treating one another well, right? But as your name suggests, Prince of Peace, peace has the source. It originates in the Prince and the one who is harmony itself, who came to demonstrate, to show us 
how to live well with one another and have peace. So, how about for your penance? Could you pray to our fathers for me and then maybe ask the prince what specific thing or things you could do to be an agent of peace, of harmony, especially in your family, with your friends. Could you do that for me? Both are needed. Human justice alone is as flawed and fickle as human beings are. And identifying with the prince without reflecting the harmony he brings in the way in which we are with one another and with ourselves is insincere and empty. Just calling on Jesus as Lord is not enough. Both are necessary. Both are needed for the dream to come true and for us to obtain the name promised in our first reading. You will be named by God forever the peace of justice, the glory of God's worship.